When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. What's up, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm here with my producer, Kane. Uh, again, today, we've got a, a little more of a casual episode, um, which is going to be a little change up and nice and enjoyable one. Obviously, Kane and I have done a couple together now um and we got some really good feedback on them and we just want to keep a bit of a, a mix between the guest episodes and then the ones that are a bit more intense in terms of just specific value around um you know whether it be fitness stuff nutrition mindset or whatever um and we may even look at trying to make these a bit more regular and have a bit of a segment um on the show with kane and i as well so be sure to let us know if you um, in, enjoy this episode today. And like I said, it's going to be super casual, just talking about a bunch of different stuff. Um, a lot of sports stuff today, actually. Um, good but time Kane, to be a sports fan. What? Good time to be a sports fan. Great time to be a sports fan. It's a good time of the year. Um, been plenty happening lately, but um, how are you, mate? I'm good. Um, I actually saw one of your, uh, your reels yesterday and I... Um, can't help but take it personally because I do it all the time. My first thing when anyone ever asks, how you doing? I go, yeah, good, I'm busy. Mate, I'm, this is the thing. I, I'm like exactly the same because, well, you and I are both the same because we are fucking busy. But I'm trying not to say that. Mate, I feel like, I don't know. The video, You're talking about the reel I made yesterday about the, how many hours you work and stuff. Uh, yeah, I think it was it was just around the fact that it was like, you know, people use busy as a personality trait, which is 100% true. I know people who, who do it and um, and then, you know, you, you see people who are really, really busy, like in different, you know, occupations and mm. it's like, you're not busy. Um, I know. And it's kind of like... And that's not to say that I am like the busiest person in the world, but, you know, a, a business two years in, in a huge growth phase, it's fair to say... Uh, me and Ames do work fairly hard. Yeah, buddy, I you do. Uh, I think sometimes, like, the reason why I'm trying to not say it as much anymore is because I feel like a lot of people I know who aren't that busy say it, say it. As, a, as a way of, like, trying to, like, make other people believe that they're super busy or doing super well or, or just, like, a way to, like, allow themselves to feel like they're being super busy. But, the, the, you know, in reference to that um, real yesterday, I think it was something along the lines of, like... Um, it was a podcast I did with Cooper, yeah. Cooper Chapman, yeah, and I was talking about how I used to like feel like the more I worked throughout the day, even if there wasn't that much to do or even if like that thing I did throughout the day could have been done in a shorter period of time, it'd be like you'd feel better about yourself or you'd feel like you were doing more the more hours you actually worked. Yeah. When yeah, yeah. In actual fact, a lot of the shit you can do could be done in 
a quarter of the time. Yeah, Elon Musk productive. has a, Elon Musk has a theory about that. The task takes as long as the time allowed for it. Yeah, and that doesn't necessarily relate to the quality of the task, but like if you've got to uh, clean your room or something, mm. and you've got a day to do it, it will take a day. Take a day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you've got an hour to do it because someone's coming, it will take an hour. I found that in lockdown. I found that because I because ha- we're at home the whole time. Like if I woke up in the morning and I knew I had you know X, Y, and Z to do, it would genuinely take me all day to do it. Whereas like previous before lockdown, if I had, I'd been with clients all day and I knew I had like two hours to complete a task online or whatever, I'd get it done easily in two hours. Yeah, um, yeah the more more time, even with meetings and stuff, I feel like if you schedule a meeting for like forty five minutes, it'll take you forty five minutes to talk about whatever you need to mm. talk about, which could probably could have been done in five to ten minutes. Yeah, and as someone who does a shitload of Zoom meetings, Google Meets like every day, um, it's really great to see a lot of different industries going. You know, removing all of the niceties and just going, okay, we're here for this. Let's get some answers. Mm. Are we moving forward with this? Um, do we approve this? Is everyone happy? And then it's just done. Yeah. Instead, it's like, you know, during lockdown especially, like um, I wasn't a huge fan of all the Zoom parties and yeah, Zoom drinks that. and stuff like that. It yeah. was it's like we'll catch up when we're done. Yeah. Um, but I know, look, I understand that a lot of people did really need social that. social side of it, yeah. They needed it. I'm not the type of person that would need that much social interaction. But, um, yeah, it's good to see that like Zoom meetings and Google Meets now are like let's get this business done. Uh, because as you said, people I think have identified the fact that it just takes so long if you allow it to. Yeah, exactly right. Um, and I guess as well, like my whole mindset is that like obviously you and I are probably on similar page. Like we want to be as successful as possible and do as well as possible, but their goal is not to get successful so you can spend every one of your waking hours working. It's like I feel like a lot of people want to be successful and, and grow their business so they can work less. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's like sure. it's not like I want to get as busy as I possibly can be to make sure that I've got no time to fucking do anything in life. So it's like if I can make sure that if you know, and I feel as well like your productivity doesn't last the whole day. No, so no. for me, it's like all right, I know that in the I particularly work really well um, like first thing in the morning or or like late at night when there's like minimal distractions. So if I can wake up and while I'm fresh and don't have as much on my mind like those first few hours of the day i find my productivity is 10 times better than like say mid-afternoon yeah it's this i mean like we learned it in school like prime learning time first thing in the morning that's when you're the best at you know taking information in and i don't know if there's any science that's changed since i was in year two but like that's (laughs) that's (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean like it's been identified pretty early that you you go through ebbs and flows of mm. productivity during the day. Um, I'm a huge fan of a nap. Like I will get in a here. A nap? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'll get in here good. 15 minutes. Like my phone will sit out there. Um, and I'll, whether or not it's like, you know, I physically go to sleep, which I often do, or it's just a quick lay down before the next thing that I have to do. Um, and I was like very against that like you, you wouldn't need that you don't need that if you work and yeah. i just push through it's like fuck i love a nap now yeah they are quite good aren't they yeah. mate um i feel like you're obviously with all this being in the business you're in you're pretty good with all i could be wrong but pretty good with all like tech stuff and, and yes. different softwares and all that type of shit i would consider myself pretty good at yeah. that good good call by me <laughs> um what do you say what do you look at at the moment when you're um in terms of like the health and fitness market in particular and see as a as like good 
or effective, um, I guess, accessories within the fitness industry, I guess. Like, obviously, mm. things like Apple Watches and stuff, like, every man and his dog wears one. Yeah. But, like, is there anything in particular that you find is, like, you genuinely think is quite effective? Um, well, I, I again, I'm going to butcher this um, statistic, but something like the um, health wearables market, mm-hmm. um, it has this huge growth potential, um, like, starting five years ago, there, there's this huge growth potential in people love data and you might sit there and say that data is not correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like my fitness pal is a little bit off here and there. The yeah. steps that you get on um, Apple watches and stuff there, you know, not always super accurate, but people love data, personal data, especially, and they love progression. They love to be able to see where they started yes. and where they finished. Um, so yeah, anything in the sort of wearable space is, is huge. Um, and will continue to grow as technology gets better and as the data gets more accurate. The other one that I would say that I think is um, really important in any industry, but I've seen a really big gap in it in the fitness apps that I've used is user experience. Like because it's so expensive to build your own app, I think that there's an opportunity for someone out there who knows their clientele super well to go in and make a really bespoke app for themselves. They'd have to spend a lot of money, Mm -hmm. um, but just to make sure that the user experience is better than anything else on the market. And that could be their edge. The fact that, you know, the, the app and the software that people use to stay engaged online would be much better than any of their competitors who are using pre-built sort of stuff. Like a white label type. Yeah. App, yeah. yeah. Um, and it would take, you know, 18 months to do. It would be a huge amount of work, a huge investment. But I would love to see someone do it just to get some sort of research around what it would be because a lot of it is, yeah, it's, it's a little bit, I think people would lose people, like people would lose clients in the long term if they continue to have an app that doesn't fit their target market. Yeah. Um, but yeah, probably those two things I see mm. as something in the, in the, like, I mean, you know, Nike are bringing out all these crazy shoes that are making marathons, marathon runners cut, you know, minutes off their time and stuff yeah. like that. And, yeah, yeah. Um, but from a tech standpoint, yeah, any, anything that can just leach out as much data as possible, I think is, um, mm. is a way that the whole industry is going. Yeah, I reckon even for people who aren't like super interested in the exact metrics of the data or like don't even read into it too much in terms of what the data means, having the tangible evidence of like whether or not what you're doing is working or, or being able to track progress. And like you said, if you can visually see progress. Yeah. So that's like even with my coaching app, like it brings up you know volume that's been lifted for the week on certain exercises or yeah. every time you hit a PB, it'll give you like a little fucking badge or whatever. And it's like... But people being able to see that just keeps their their adherence so much higher. Mm. The other one, as you mentioned, like the wearable stuff, um, I just ordered a, a Whoop band, yeah, yeah, which okay. I'm super keen to um, to try out. I just find that, like, particularly with sleep and recovery, and I think as well, like, even for even for someone who's not like super into like the health and fitness like industry, like being able to see like. Well, like my whole purpose of kind of using it is going to be one, like to see like how hard I should be pushing with training like each day, depending on what my recovery has been. But then also like being able to play around with like pre-bed routines or like what time I go to sleep or 
when I have like my last meal or, um, you know, like if I meditate before sleep or do like cold shower or something before bed to see whether that has any impact on the quality of sleep and recovery rate throughout the night. Yeah, that's all based off heart rate variability. Heart rate right? variability, yeah. yeah nice. So I'm super keen to give that one that one a try. Um, Isn't it so funny yeah. like um, being a big combat sports fan and I know you are too, like nasal breathing it has been – known really well in the boxing industry for ages um heart rate variability in terms of training has been Mm. and like it's sort of older science confirmed and then pushed out to the mainstream industry yeah and i think it's literally just because of as what you just said like it's now becoming like so much easier easily more (laughs) accessible for like just the average person to be able to take to be able to uh, again tangibly see like these variables which in the past would be only consider like you would only consider doing it if you were at the extreme level yeah. or you at like like the top of your kind of field like you said like combat sports and stuff like they were always they're tracking the heart rate variability and really focusing on all this stuff but now that it's becoming something that's a little as you said more mainstream mm. like you said it's been around for fucking ages yeah but now people are starting to take note of it and because it is more accessible it would be much easier but after we had aleron the other week um even before I know like before I like when I actually do sleep because Danielle's always like fuck you just sleep with your mouth open I'm like great I'm like gonna try this fucking tape hey like snoring or I don't I don't snore that much unless I'm like extremely tired mm. um but, but even like while I'm trying to go to sleep I'm like really consciously thinking about just keeping my mouth shut and just like breathing only through my nose I, I just don't know if I can bring myself to use the tape I feel I like it'd give me anxiety if I woke up and my fucking mouth was taped shut yeah, I reckon some DK fitness. Um, mouth tape? Yeah, mouth tape. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of combat sports, did you watch the UFC card on the weekend? I UFC did. UFC yeah. 280. Yeah, I did. Um, huge Caucasus Mountains combat sports fan. Um, and so I would never li- miss a, an opportunity to see Hasbulla's first uh, coaching <laughs> <Yeah>. session. <laughs> and um, Absolute king. And, and um, the definition of a short king. Um, <laughs> and, uh, of course, Islam Makachev in his first title fight is pretty um, pretty awesome. So, yeah, definitely got up and watched it. Out of um, out of the whole card, which was the which was the fight that kind of you thought took, took the... Um, um, so I think TJ's a bit of a a bit of a danger fight and you know uh, i would be so angry if i put a bunch of money on um tj dillashaw to win and he came through he came in with an injury that he knew about since april didn't disclose yeah and he didn't disclose it like not only it's oh, it like a niggle like as yeah. in like an injury that you're almost certain that's gonna happen yeah. in a fight yeah and um, i i i just think somewhere that's illegal like Surely he's got to disclose it to a doctor or he's got to disclose it. He had to go through a physical to get into the fight. So, like, yeah, um, it, it, yeah there's a crazy amount of, like, weirdness in that. But you can't go past the Islam fight as the best fight of the night. Like, to, to put that kind of a beating on a very, very good champion in your first title fight with arguably the best pound-for-pound pound fighter ever as your new coach in Khabib... It's yeah, it's pretty. I I think we as combat sports fans will look back on this in a little while and just think that was amazing. His rise to the top, mm. um, the predictions that you know Abdominot made about that Khabib made, and they just sort of talked it into existence with Islam winning a lightweight belt. Do you think uh, Habib will ever come back? No. Did you see how big he was? 
Yeah, he's, he's pretty fat, eh? Hey? Yeah, he's like... Put on a few cakes. You know, he looks huge at the moment. He walked around at like 210 when he was out of camp normally. Yeah. And struggled to make weight. That was the reason that yeah. he didn't get a lot of opportunities sort of early in his career is because he had real trouble making weight, had a lot of kidney issues. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think that I can't see him ever come. And he's been adamant about that. He's just like, I'm not coming back. Yeah, it's an interesting one. So, um, obviously, one of the other fights on the card um, – Sugar Sean O'Malley um, against Yarn. So his his nutrition um, coach, Dan Garner, was on the podcast earlier this year. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, and it must have been prior to you and I um, starting to work together. But uh, we had a good conversation on there around um, around the weight cuts and, and like kind of what goes into it. And um, fuck, you see some of these guys and you're just like – you're purposely making life very hard for yourself coming into, you know, a couple of weeks before weighing well at like 20 to 30 pounds over yeah. overweight and like forcing yourself to, to lose that weight right up until the weigh-in. Um, whereas I know Sugar Sugar Sean, like they he's pretty much ready to go. Like they, they yeah. barely have to, to lose anything like prior to the weigh-in and like – but it's I find that super interesting. Like obviously their sport is – is the combat sports, but like how dialed in they are with their nutrition, like depending on like which fighter it is, I guess. But I know with, um, with Sean, it's like they do all like, cause Dan Garner's like super um, evidence-based yep. with his nutrition. So like they do all his blood work pre and post camp. Like they keep, they keep an eye on like all these test levels, like how he responds to certain things. And I know even with like Sean, he, um, is a big cannabis smoker, so like yeah. they keep that in mind. They like oh really stop smoking cannabis. Like I think he, it was like two weeks prior to to yeah. to the fight. Um, super interesting. But um, what was I going to say with um, Islam? Like I watched uh, I watched the Full Send podcast the other day, and they had um, Islam. Um, they had uh volkanovsky and charles Oliveira, like on their show um like simultaneously or all together sorry nah back to back yeah like cool. they had him on the one show they kind of like get him in one by yep. one um and one of the boys can't remember who it was on on the podcast one of the hosts was like talking about how because i'm making predictions for that fight um and it was super interesting how and I, know, I think you and I were talking about this the other week in terms of like McGregor, for example, when he fought um, Khabib. And to, I was thinking, we're talking about how even though McGregor is obviously, and at the time was just like incredible fighter. Hmm. Like it's hard to see how when you've got two guys at pretty much the same level, how one guy who just all he does is train, pretty much pray, sleep and just live for fighting without absolutely anything else in there and you've got another guy who like has a bunch of other has a bunch of other shit like he's obviously drinking partying a lot has all this like fame and doing all these different endorsements and shit like that how you can how one can possibly like how you would ever expect the guy who's got a fucking plate full of shit to beat yeah um to beat the other guy and um they talked about how since charles has like got to like the top of the game how his his whole demeanor has changed a bit as well in terms of like you know like and rightly so, but, like, living the lifestyle of, like, wearing all the chains, like, being a lot more cocky, like, blah, 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 blah. And then you got, like, Islam, who just came into this interview with Full Send, just the cut, like, you would just fucking look at him and you're, like, you're about to tie it for, like, yeah. fight, sorry, for the world title. And you look like you just couldn't give a shit. You're just sitting here so yeah. calm and so confident. And he even said, like, he's just, and whether or not this is true, he's, like, I've just never been nervous. He's, yeah. like, I know I've put in everything 
that I possibly can. And, you know, they're obviously quite religious as well. So he's like, you know, there's a plan for me. And if yeah. it's it's to be, it is. If it's not, it's not. But um, I've done everything I can. So what will be, what will be. Yeah, it's crazy because the general sentiment out of a lot of those guys from Dagestan, but like Mahaj Kalar especially, so that's where they're all sort of from, mm. um, is that like fighting in this octagon at this time is nothing compared to what was a day on the streets of yeah. like home. We talked about which, that. Which is really interesting. Like, And it, it, it was Khabib who said it first, all of these guys have the same sort of thing is that like it's a really rough existence and like that – Charles did not have a good um, upbringing. I think he's a favela kid too. So like yeah. the slums of Brazil, like it's it's a it's a poor man's sport mm. and they try and get out of there as quick as possible once they've lived their life. And I see it as being like one of those things where, yeah, if you've worked this hard in an industry that you don't get paid anywhere near enough to do, I'd want to get out of it as quick as possible too. Okay. Like, yeah, just the amount of work to get to one of those single fights you see what they go through and you're just like why would you ever want this like why would you ever want to do this the feeling must be so good mm. when you do it that yeah. you're just like yeah it's one of those crazy things and it's insane isn't it like i just remember however many years ago it was now where i think it was even like illegal that like the mma UFC it's a very was young a, was sport. Was illegal, like in Victoria, yeah. to have events, mm. and now you've got it where it's like one of the most mainstream, like like the UFC in particular, obviously. But like, it, it's insane how how quickly it's grown. We were talking about that before we yeah. recorded, but it's um, it's crazy. What do you think uh, Volkanovski's chances are of getting the W here in Australia against him? Next to none. Um, I was going to say the same. I don't think. Yeah. Um. I I think he's incredible and i think that he has you know some of the best like feints and his coaching his coaching team and all the city kickboxing guys and even the guys in city i think he's um, like they're an amazing team i think there's just a lot stacked up against him like you know 55 he's that is a, a obviously a move up um he's not a big 45er um in terms of height um and yeah so i just i think that yeah next to none um but who knows like that's just my thought i think that his his boxing in terms of his stand-up is probably the thing that will save him i I just i think if there's a clinch game and any kind of wrestling involved yeah i don't i don't know the last i actually had a bet on uh islam to Win by submission in round one. Oh, which obviously didn't work out. But nice. um, he's a lot more patient than someone like yeah. Khabib. Um, there's a there's or um, what's his name? Uh, Makachev, Islam Makachev. No, who am I thinking of? Um, oh, the, the, the English dude? guy. The guy. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, Chimaev. Oh, right. Is that who I'm thinking of? No, no, no. Um, Chimaev didn't. I mean, he did fight on this card, but just not in the octagon. He punched. Um, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, though. Oh, Chimaev, yeah, Hamza so when Chimaev. he fought against uh, Holland, Kevin yeah. Holland, like that was just like a fucking. You just let an animal out of a cage, and yeah. he was finishing that as soon as possible. Yeah, that's what I was expecting from Islam. But um, yeah, so Islam's very patient. Not, yeah, um, like in terms of his fighting style, he's got much better stand up than Khabib ever did. Yeah, and ever has. Fucking pretty scary, isn't it? Yeah. Um. Uh, but his cage, like his cage wrestling, probably isn't as good you'll see like when Khabib generally takes people down there's very little chance that they're getting back up but he doesn't have that cage control that Khabib has Mm. um 
it's yeah they're just they're just so amazing at that work on the ground to keep people there to keep heavy weight pinned on them and then just unload huge shots um if if sugar sean gets a title fight against who is it sterling lj yeah yeah what do you think his chances are because similar know. thing like he uh sterling is like Awesome at grappling, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, they call him the human backpack. And he's got a really good... He hasn't got much of a stand-up game, does he? Uh, well, so he fights out of a, a, a place called Sarah Longo in um, New Jersey. They're the really funny guys that yell things out um, from the crowd. And Joe Rogan, in particular, always shouts them out. They're yeah. these two, like, really New York guys. Yeah. He fights out of there, and um, they're actually pretty known for, like, creating reasonably good stand-up fighters. Oh, right. Um uh, Matt Serra is an ex-USC fighter. He looks yeah. a little bald guy. His stand-up's actually not too bad, but his skill set is definitely... Um, Savoured towards grappling. Yeah, yeah, especially things off the back. So once he has that seatbelt locked in, mm. which is the left foot or right foot over the other one locked in, there's very little chance you're going to get out of that. Um, before we move on from UFC, what's... Uh, if you don't like UFC, then you should be loving this episode <laughs> so far. Um, when you, when and if do you think we'll see McGregor back in? Because fuck, I mean, I'm a big Conor McGregor fan, but um, even I'm starting to get it's getting a bit old with all the the tweets about how good he is, and he's just yes, not taking any fights. It's like fuck, you're gonna have to win a fight at some point, or at least be in a fight at some point to keep talking this much shit. Well, so and so I am a massive Conor McGregor fan. Like I love Conor McGregor, but fuck. It's great because I'm not a massive Conor McGregor fan. All right. I um, like obviously what he's done for a sport that I really love is fantastic. But um, I think that – and his rise was amazing. But I just think that there's – he's just sort of ruined any kind of legacy. <laughs> um, but I don't know if you know this, but he's actually not in the USADA testing pool at the moment. Yeah, I know. Um, so he would have to go back into that. So there's only ever been one time where someone's been allowed back into the USADA testing pool and not had to wait six months. And that was – Brock Lesnar, who was juiced up to the gills. <laughs> so, so what's the price? So, so until he, so even when, so when he, if he tries to get back in, it will have to be at least six months. Yes, and you can. So you're not be, you're not supposed to be able to enter and exit the USADA testing pool quietly. You've, it's kind of got to be an announcement, and they don't have to announce it to everyone. Yeah. but people check it every day. MMA but that's kind of come out recently that he's not in there. Yeah, so they wouldn't confirm it. USADA would not confirm it that he was out. I mean, then, if I can take a look at him. Yeah, and uh, well, that's a question for you a little bit later. Mm. I would love to know what you think he's on because everyone, obviously, just so much water weight. Everyone thinks that it's some mixture of anabolics and creatine, or I don't like exactly know. <laughs> but he he looks enormous and it looks very water weighty. Mm. What's the? And I know that you're not a. I don't know, man. Like I, I yeah, and I'm not like. Clearly, I, I've never used any form of anabolics or anything like that. So, uh, I, I thought say you I'm were like the super. I thought you were the more plates, more dates guy. That's why, Derek. Yeah, that's why I got nah, you. Nah, man. <laughs> he's awesome. I think he's made a video on it actually. But I don't know. I mean, I think it's fair to say. I think he's clearly used something. Yep. I mean, typically, like, because I obviously used to do bodybuilding as well, like as a natural. But you start to like pick up on signs of like very obvious signs when someone's using something it's usually like you know high water retention um stuff people start to get poor skin like get um things like acne and stuff around like the upper back and and face there's a lot of, a lot of time as well or, or on their back um and the growth that he had in such a short period of time and the fact that he still looks pretty lean yeah like 
for putting on that much weight. Like if you or I put on, say, what looks like he's put on 10 to 15 kilos at least, yeah. we would look like shit. Yeah. Whereas he's just kind of like looked the same, if not better, as he's put on. So, I mean, and the fact that he's not in the USADA pool thing is just like almost a bit of a sure sign. But I, I honestly don't know, unless he's just done it purely for the movie that he's in or so whatever that, it is. That's the, I, that's the chatter is that he's done it for Roadhouse to get bigger. Because um, I, because to me, I'm just like, it doesn't work in his favor at all. Because he's obviously going, he's not going to fight as like a what fucking like hit, like a he's not going to go up that yeah. many weight classes. And then if so, he, you'd think the max he would fight at is one seventy. One seventy would be the weight that, like, even that he'd cut, have to be now even like two hundred. Even oh, he'd be well over that. Yeah, yeah. The photos that I've seen, like, he would walk around at like one ninety ish generally yeah and he's put on a shitload of weight since then um yeah i mean so for for mcgregor obviously in his career his biggest struggle has been his cardio the deeper he goes into a fight his his cardiovascular system seems to be what what lets him down he obviously starts super well and and is super explosive but as the rounds go on um he seems to to die out a little bit so for him to put on that much weight I just don't see how that helps him in any way. He's either going to have to do a huge weight cut, which is going to make life super shit and difficult for him, or he's going to come in and fight heavier or even say at like 170 and his cardio is still probably even more so now going to be a bit of an issue too. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he doesn't come back to the UFC. I'm not sure. But if he does decide to do a uh, – even if he decides to go and fight uh, Mayweather again, it's still not going to help him. Like the fact that he's put on so much weight. Well, I know? think he fought. He fought Mayweather at one fifty seven. Like, yeah. So he's and, still and that was troubles. that was like so Mayweather has this like historical thing of just sucking people down to like the lowest yeah. weight possible. He did it like with Canelo. There's no way that they could come to a um, a weight agreement with Conor at the moment. Like, nah. it's like. Almost impossible. Logan Paul, uh, Jake Paul's obviously the the fight that sort of makes the most sense. He's you know fights at cruiserweight. I kind of want to see that. Yeah. Well, um, so obviously we got uh, this weekend actually uh, Jake Paul and Anderson Silva fighting this weekend. Yeah. Um, firstly, who who do you think will win? And secondly, if Jake wins, um, do you think you would see the McGregor fight? Uh I don't know. You'd love to see like a 50-year-old Anderson Silva get up and stop this sideshow. Um, but Jake Paul's actually quite a good boxer. <laughs> he's gotten good. I mean, you got to think about it. He's like for the past four years, he has trained pretty much every single day with some of the best boxing coaches in the world. You, you pretty much got no choice other than to get good at boxing in that period yeah. of time. And yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously Anderson Silva's quite old. Um Fuck, I don't know. I, I reckon. I think either way, it's going to be a knockout. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Anderson Silva's a very good boxer. He showed that against um, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. I, I think it's going to be really interesting. Uh, clearly, PEDs have been used again in this one because Anderson Silva looks fantastic at fifty. Yeah, you reckon um, he's on PEDs? Well, he has been his whole career. Really? Have you seen Anderson Silva's strength and conditioning coach? No. Oh, you'll love this. Interesting. Yeah. It, hopefully. I mean, um, it almost now does, as fucking crazy as this sounds, doesn't make sense for Jake Paul to fight Conor McGregor. 
uh, I think to put that under that name under his belt and the amount of money that that would that make. would make yeah. This is god damn. <laughs> this is Silver's strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, and he's popped. He's popped uh, twice down for steroid use. Silver. Yeah, in really? the UFC. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, so he had a year off, um, and then maybe for steroid use. Uh, yeah, PED, PEDs. Like they can't. I, I think it was. Um, uh, like an estrogen blocker once yeah, okay, like yeah, clear yeah. evidence of yeah. him trying to flush or interesting uh, and that's not to take anything away from his greatness yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he fought at a time where everyone those was those fights against um, like Chael Sonnen hmm. are just insane all of them the first one um, mental um, alright we'll move on from combat sports <laughs> so um, alright so we were, we were talking about before the, the episode today we, we were also going to do like just a few predictions and stuff so obviously this is not that much of an informative episode but just more Certainly of a general chat but choice. like I said at the start of the episode like let us know if you enjoy these ones because I know for sure that like some of the podcasts I like listening to um, are just general kind of chat and banter a lot of the time um, moving on to basketball Two, two predictions, NBA and NBL. Who have you got for, for both championships? Uh, as I was just speaking to you before, um, myself and Ames are going to our first uh, NBL game this year. In answer to your question, I have no idea who's going <laughs> to win the NBL. Uh, I'm just hoping for a really good um, Melbourne Derby this Sunday. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, I can probably give you the fact that I know that the Lakers Westbrook experiment is the only thing sort of piquing my interest at the yeah. moment in the NBA. Um, it's fair to say it hasn't worked. Yeah, yeah. It just looks out, right? I mean, it just seems, and obviously, like the Lakers haven't been going that well, and neither has Westbrook. And a lot of the, like the media can kind of make you believe whatever they want you to believe, but yeah. it just seems like it's just pushing the direction where there's just going to be no choice but for Westbrook to be gone. From Lakers at this stage. Yeah, but I mean, the fact that they're playing him so much and that his trade value is going down, I heard the best TikTok conspiracy about this, right. is they're allowing him to play lots of minutes so teams can see that he's shit and they'll draft him uh, and they'll pick him up so they can continue to tank for the big French fella, Victor... So you reckon the Lakers are going to tank this season? No, no, no. So they're showing, they're showing other teams that... Like you can get Westbrook and continue to lose consistently. Oh, right. This is like this is the the conspiracy because you know the the chat is that everyone is going to tank this season. Um, what's his last name? Oh, I don't know. Wembenyana. They go seven three or something, isn't he? Yeah, he's pretty good from what I've seen. Very good. Yeah. What about you? NBA um, prediction. NBA. I'm gonna go out on a bit of a limb here, and um, I'm gonna say the Brooklyn Nets. Really? I reckon. I reckon once. If they can stay healthy, I feel like once Simmons gets like another, say, yeah, another month of games under his belt and gets his kind of, hopefully gets his confidence back and starts playing well. Is it a confidence issue for him? Because I've seen I some... I feel like it is. Like, I mean, he, let's just face it. He's not a shooter. Yeah. So I feel like if he can just like change his mentality around that and just understand that he's got shooters on his team, he doesn't need to be a, a good fucking three-point shooter or anything and and he can get back to how he played when he was when he first entered the league, like just attacking the basket. Yep. And if he, he can have enough confidence to at least be able to like shoot free throws and, and make like, you know, 
mid-range fucking like floaters or, or yeah. even anything like that. And he's, I think he's one of the best defensive players in yeah, the really. league, I reckon. Yeah, I just right. think, I don't know what the hell's going on the past few games. Like he's been fouled out like three times in yeah. the last few games, which is quite odd. But um, I just think once he gets like, Gets his timing and stuff back in terms. Of he hasn't played for yeah. ages, so once I feel like once he gets his confidence back, if he can if he can play well, when you've got like KD and Kyrie both shooting the shit out of the ball, and you've got like a pretty deep list, even like Patty Mills shooting yeah. super well, I know I feel like they could be a good chance. And then NBL, um, I got to say Phoenix. I mean, um, yeah, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. I mean, they've got a super good list. They've been like, I feel like they definitely have had a disappointing last couple of years. Um, and then obviously having a close connection with Creaky, I think he's going to have a a really good season. Um, Are they the little brothers in Melbourne? Like, is that like their role? I feel, I don't know. Like, that's another thing. I feel like this year, if they can come out and have like a super, super good year and f- either win it or at least finish ahead, Melbourne United, that does massive things for them in terms of getting like being more of a destination destination club for even just Aussie players, not just imports. Because yeah, right, yeah. that's what I feel like they need is that like, they, I feel like they need more Aussie players wanting to come to Phoenix. Um, but I don't know. Anyway, I think they they could be a really good chance there. At least their starting five and stuff is like, I reckon one of the best in the league. Um, and But I just obviously hope that they do super well. Um, so I get to go to more games this year. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> Mitch has a good season, would be awesome. Um, but yeah, the, this, this weekend's game is going to be good fun. Um, the NBL's like just got so much better in the last, say, five years, I feel like. Just the whole experience at the games, the yeah. quality of players that are here. The Next Stars program that they started has like done wonders for the league with like young guys who are who are projected to go in the first round of their NBA draft, like choosing yeah. to come and play in Australia is huge, obviously, yeah. since like Lamelo came out. Um, yeah, basketball culture in general in Australia and Melbourne in particular mm. is awesome to see. Like it, just the, the fact that, you know, it's – there's more opportunities to watch it. Um, really good go, – like really good performances going on at nearly every level and just the actual visibility of it. Like there's – content creators out there who constantly want to look work with basketballers because it's such awesome engaging content yeah and so it just it lifts everything up yeah buddy oath mate before as we kind of get close to wrapping up so obviously um i don't know if we've talked about it on on my show i think we chatted about it on um on pat's show um you're obviously doing uh my ultimate ceo program at the moment yes hey find it so far love it what are you um what are you finding like yeah, like how are you finding it and what are you finding difficult about about it so far in terms of what areas are you finding the most difficult to, I guess, adhere to or, or, or things that may be outside of like what you would typically be doing, I guess? Uh, yeah, so I, I do love it. I've been doing it for week five now. We're in week four now. Week four. Yep. Feels like five weeks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so been doing it for, for four weeks now and um, really enjoying the group sessions. I think mm. that's a, like such an awesome point of difference, get together with a, a bunch of blokes who, um, you know, different industries but sort of on the same wavelength, all get along really well, all anchored in the fact that they know you and you're a good bloke and you bring the the group, the group together really, really well. The sessions are fun. They're quick. They're early in the morning, mm. which I love. 
um, and it gives you the opportunity. The group chat is absolutely on fire every day, mm. uh, which is good. Um, and yeah, just the just the topics and stuff that get thrown around in there, are, you know, fun and engaging, but also really informative. Um, really, so I had a I had a cold shower this morning for longer than normal, just because I was knackered, and I yeah. love I love that feeling of sort of waking up yeah. through the cold shower. Um, difficulty probably just um using the accountability measures like i'm terrible at tracking food um terrible at check-ins um and i really want to use the last sort of few weeks of these the the tail end of this program to really hold myself accountable to those accountability things yeah um because yeah like i don't have time it just isn't an excuse it's not like it's not necessarily a time thing it's a discipline thing Mm. yeah but all in all really love it um the, you know, when you go uh, around again, I think uh, anyone who's thinking about it should definitely um, consider reaching out. Um, I don't know what the next intake or anything would look like. Mm. Um, yeah. We can how have you found it? it? Yeah, good. And so just quickly um, for, for everyone listening, so I'm running a program called The Ultimate CEO and the idea is that I, I wanted to leverage my network of incredible um, people I've been able to meet over the years um, so this program is kind of tailored towards, at the moment, um, Melbourne-based um, business owners um, and this, this is a male intake. So the idea was to get as many um, you know, high-end business um, people from all different industries but regardless of whether it's your first year of running your business or whether you're someone who's built up a company worth you know, tens of millions of dollars, I want to make sure that we've got guys in the program obviously to get in in really good shape physically and mentally so me me being able to share like the tools that i've um added to my toolkit over the years in terms of nutrition training but also mindset um so we're habit stacking each week um in terms of different things as kane said like cold showers we're doing meditation breathwork stuff um journaling and everything things that a lot of the guys probably haven't done before but the idea is to one, get in extremely good physical shape um, and, and build some habits and structure, a routine that is not something they have to go on and off from. So it's like once the program's done, it should be things that are able to be, you know, habits that can be instilled long after the program's done. Um, but then also leverage each other's networks to help each other out in terms of, you know, adding, you know, getting past certain bottlenecks within your own business and, and just increasing um, your network of people that are able to, you know, help you within your business regardless of what industry you're in. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's been super fun so far. Like you said, we're into kind of week four now. We've got some um, deep tissue massages and whatnot coming up after this week. And um, the idea is once we get to the end of the program, we'll do a bit of a lunch and um, and hopefully have some of the boys jump on the podcast as well, which would be cool. Um, but, yeah, so it's obviously the first intake, plenty of um, bits and pieces that we can kind of use to, to – build on it for for next year's um intake as well but yeah loving it so far good group of guys and it's i just love the fact that everyone's pretty much everyone's from like a different industry yeah for sure um and yeah like i said there's there's people who run huge businesses in there and me. the other part of it hey and then me nah you're <laughs> right up there as well but I, I just like the fact that you know yeah when i kind of first put it together i was just thinking how cool it would be to have like you know, people that may typically like even charge significant amounts of money to have consults with them to to get to pick their brain on certain things. But 
have everyone in this group where each and every person can kind of leverage off each other and, and you'll kind of see in the obviously we film the videos but um there will be a part of the program where we kind of get everyone to try and get as vulnerable as possible in terms of what they're struggling with within yeah. the business and, and hopefully be able to leverage off each other, which would be awesome as well. Yeah, I've already got mine, so really looking forward to um, yeah. sharing it with the team. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. Um, but yeah, guys, that, that's uh, kind of getting towards the end. Now, I just wanted to throw in as well, like obviously before we wrap up, this time of the year, particularly in Australia, obviously we're getting closer to summer. Um, so a lot of people are trying to get in shape and whatnot. So um, in terms of, one of the biggest um, bottlenecks that I see people have when they are trying to get in shape with their program, regardless of whether they're working with a coach or doing it on their own, um, is is just setting your targets, setting unrealistic targets. And I don't mean like I'm all for setting big goals and making sure that you're always kind of trying to get out of your comfort zone. But what I mean by setting unrealistic targets is if you're trying to get in shape at the moment and you're trying to follow a program which is just never going to work in terms of way too many days in the gym when you don't have the time to do it or uh, under eating and being in way too much of a deficit or cutting out foods that you you, you know you enjoy and whatnot. Um, I just think your training and, and your nutrition should work around your lifestyle. So making sure that although your approach obviously has to be aligned with what your goal is, realistically you want to get to the point where it never feels like you're on or off a diet or you're on or off a program. So just trying to instill habits, which is kind of why we're doing this habit stacking in this program instead yeah. of me saying to all you guys on week one, all right, I want you to do 20 fucking things that that you need to change which you're not already doing at the moment and it's just overwhelming same applies for everyone listening like if you are trying to get in shape just take it kind of one thing at a time make sure that you are enjoying your training enjoying the way you're eating um not feeling like you're you're depriving yourself too much um and if you can enjoy the process then you'll be able to adhere to the program much easier and the results will be far greater and uh, like I said, once once you get in shape, you should find it super easy to stay in shape. It shouldn't be something that kind of lasts for a week and then you go back to your old ways and and, and completely fall off the wagon. So um, if there is, is anyone who is kind of struggling at the moment that wants some help, um, you can always reach out to me via social media or my email, danny at dannykennedyfitness.com. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Um, hope you've enjoyed the episode. It's obviously been a bit of a different one, but we'd love to get some feedback and I'll put something up on my social media um, once this one's out. We'll get some ideas in terms of what type of stuff you'd like to hear in these episodes um, and Kane and I will work together to put together maybe a few different segments and stuff and maybe get some listener questions and stuff and um, these are fun. They're pretty enjoyable. Yeah, I love them. Um, so, so we'll try and do more of them. Um, but thanks so much for tuning in. Guys, we appreciate it a lot and we look forward to chatting to you again. Um, another episode very soon Kane thanks for jumping on man thanks mate thanks for having me alright guys make sure you subscribe if you haven't already and we will talk to you again in the next episode thanks for listening